So for the last couple weeks before Thanksgiving break, we have been talking about the signs of the end times, and we've had our local expert, Pastor Tim Roseberry, come out. Woo, yes, he's awesome. And answer any questions that you may have, because we have a lot. It's a crazy topic to discuss. And so you guys have kind of had him at your mercy. You've been sending in any questions that you've had. And we had so many that were still going unanswered that you guys wanted answers to that we decided to extend it for another week. And so this is how it's going to work. There's a phone number that's going to go up on those screens. You just text those uh, questions to 970-343-4640. Just type in that number. That's all you have to do. And then you can write your question straight out. I then receive it right here on this computer. And I ask those questions live on the spot. So if you still have a question that has not been answered, feel free to send those in. If you have a question where you feel like we've kind of covered it, but you're still not entirely certain what the answer is, that's okay. We can ask some repeat questions. We can ask some clarifying questions. That is what tonight is all about. So my first question for you, um, Pastor Tim, my father, is why are you kind of walking as if at any moment you may lose your legs out from underneath you? So uh, I made the mistake of going off a ledge on lunch loops that I should not have gone off of on my mountain bike. And I got a compression fracture in my back now. So. Oh, yeah, yes. Tim. This happened a, a week and a half ago. Yeah, like 10, 11 days. Oh, 10, ago. 11 days ago. Yeah. So he's a little stiff. He's a little bit in pain, but he's still here because he's passionate and he wants to make sure that he can answer your guys' questions on this topic. So let's give him a round of applause. Thank you. Poor little guy fighting through it. <laughs> All right, so this is actually a question I've got prepped for you from last week. And so, um, but let's go ahead. Why don't you just go ahead and review a few of those key concepts that so are here on that board? Has, have most of you been here over the last couple of weeks? Is there, is there anybody that has not been here the last couple of weeks? Okay, a few. So uh, we are talking about the timeline of the end times. Um, if you were to look at the world's history from the creation of the world to where we are now, um, there was 4,000 years before Jesus. Uh, that's all the stuff that's in the Old Testament. There's been 2,000 2, years, approximately 2,000 years since Jesus. This is A.D. after his death. Um, then we are going to experience a rapture, which is going to be very, uh, we believe, very soon. We've talked a lot about that. The rapture is when we meet Jesus in the air, those of us that are Christians. Um, and then there's going to be a seven-year tribulation period where the earth is going to be judged and all of these different um, plagues and uh, things that are going to come against the earth, judgments against the earth happen during these seven years. And then after that is the battle of Armageddon. And then we have this thousand year millennium with Jesus after that. So really, really exciting things for us to look forward to as Christians. Uh, we also talked about the fact that uh, we, from scripture, what scripture says is that we will see or those that um, are alive from the last generation or the first generation of Israel becoming a country again, that they will see all the things happen um, that is talked about in the prophecies that we've been talking about in Ezekiel and in Daniel and in Revelations, that that generation will see all of that. And that generation started in 1948 
and according to scripture, 70 to 80 years is considered a generation. So if you take those dates into uh, consideration, then 2018 to 2028 are really the time frame that we're looking at for when the rapture is going to happen. So that's just it again in the nutshell. If you guys uh, were not here and then we just had so many questions, we wanted to give you guys another week to be able to ask them. So. Okay, so first question, what is the Gog and Magog war and what is going to start it? Okay, so uh, we talked about this in the timeline a little bit last week. Right after the rapture, at the beginning of the tribulation, is going to be a war. It's called the Gog and Magog War, and it is written about in Ezekiel. And the Gog and Magog War is principally three countries that are going to attack Israel. And Israel is not even going to have to defend herself because God is going to defend Israel. And um, it's going to be this massive uh, destruction of these three countries armies. And according to scripture, and of course they were called something else because in scripture because it was described in regions instead of the countries that we have today, but it's Russia, Iran, and Turkey are going to be the principal countries that are going to come against Israel. Well, all of that is in place right now. Uh, those countries are already at odds with Israel, and they're already aligned together, especially Russia and Iran. Now, there's a couple of different theories on what is going to cause this war to happen. Now, understand, these people don't like each other already, and they hated each other for generations and generations, all the way back to the Old Testament. But there's got to be something that sparks a war. People don't just, you know, go to war uh, without some type of conflict that has caused it. Well, a lot of people believe that what's going to cause this war, and the reason we need to know about this war is because it's going to happen right after the rapture. So if we can see that the storm is brewing, we know we're getting closer and closer to the rapture. Well, just this week, some things have happened um, in the news that point towards this war getting ready to start. A lot of people believe that uh, Iran is going to uh, and are in the process of getting nuclear weapons. Have you heard that in the news? So they're building nuclear, uh, their, their nuclear facilities, um, and Israel does not want Iran to get nuclear weapons. Why? Because Iran hates Israel, and Israel thinks that Iran will launch those nukes against them. And so Iran and Iraq for years have been trying to get nuclear capability, but they've never been able to do it. And the whole world has been against them getting those capabilities because they're a very unstable country, very unstable government. So it's interesting that just last week uh, there was an assassination of the uh, scientist, the Iranian scientist who was their top nuclear scientist. Somebody just killed him. Uh, and they, many people believe that it was Israel that did this, that assassinated him for, for protection of their own country. And then there's also speculation that the United States was also involved in helping destroy or kill this scientist. Not too long ago as well, a uh, Iranian general uh, who was very, very much uh, a part of trying to get troops and uh, get, get his country behind attacking Israel was also assassinated. So uh, what a lot of people believe is that 
Israel or Iran is going to get these capabilities because they're really close to getting it. As a result, Israel is going to do a missile strike against Iran. When that happens, Russia, who is aligned with Iran, will come with Iran and Turkey, and then they will try to invade and destroy Israel. Now, the really important thing that, that, that I think that sometimes we miss when the, with this is if this rapture is going to happen right before the Gog and Magog war, what will the world look like? And why would that might be a, why might that be a motivator for Russia and Iran and Turkey to invade Israel? Well, Israel has two primary allies that are world powers. Anybody know who they are? Us, the United States, and Great Britain. We are Israel's allies. And the only reason Arab nations, Muslim nations, have not attacked Israel in, in the past and tried to take them over is because of us. They don't want to start a fight with the United States. They, knows, they know what happens to countries that start fights with the United States. Iraq, right? That country was decimated by the United States. So they know what's going to happen if they do that. Well, so the rapture happens. What is the United States going to look like? Well, if you do statistics on the United States, you're going to find that 53% of the nation claims to be Christian Protestants. So that means that Christians that are not Catholics. 22% call themselves Catholics. So many people believe that, that Catholics are saved, um, that they're going to go to heaven. They claim to be Christians. And the United States has a population of 323 million people. So we need to understand that statistic as well. So that means that 242,250,000 consider themselves Christians. The Bible says prophetically that during this time, the end times, that only half of the church, those that say they are saved, are actually saved. Because if you ask people all the time, they're like, do you, you know, are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian but they can't tell you why they're a Christian or how they're a Christian. The only way you're a Christian is if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, right? We know that. You 4640 people know that. But it's amazing when you really start talking to people about their faith, they can't articulate to you why they're Christians. So they think they're Christians, they say they're Christians, but they're not. And that's where that, that, that scripture comes into play. So, if only half of them are really saved, like Jesus prophesies in Matthew, it's actually in Matthew chapter 25, uh, which, we, which, which you can look up in scripture, I'm not going to read tonight because we will run out of time really quickly, that that means that 121,125,000 people will vanish from this country at the rapture. Now, what happened to the United States with 9-11? 2001. I know you guys were really young then, but they weren't uh, born yet. Some of them just you studied that. that, right? You studied that. You studied that. That is so sad. I'm so old. So you've read in your history books about 9/11. That's where the United States was attacked. The airline, those uh, the jumbo jets were flown into the twin towers. About six thousand people died. Okay, it was that was not a good day for the United States. But as a result of that, the United States economy crashed for a, a, a 
period of time. Um, the country was in great upheaval. There was all kinds of crazy things that are happening. Over 6,000 people that, that died. What is going to happen to this country when 121 million are gone? At that point, the United States is going to look very vulnerable. Great Britain is also another country that claims to be a Christian country. They will be affected greatly by this. So Russia, who will not be as greatly affected because Russia is not a Christian country. Iran is not a Christian country. Turkey is not a Christian country. So Israel is going to look very, very susceptible and easy for attack once the United States and Great Britain have that kind of number vanish from within their borders. We're going to be, our economy will be decimated. Our military will be decimated. And so it was just the perfect timing. So I believe all of these things are in the works. Iran, Turkey, and Russia are already allied together against Israel. Russia has troops in Syria, which is a northern, northern bordering country to Israel. Israel has just assassinated their general, their lead general, and their lead nuclear scientist. And so all of these things are, are brewing. So the rapture happens. Israel's allies are taken out of the picture. That's when the Gog and Magog war will happen. That's what I believe. Now that's, some of that is theory, but it makes sense. So this is after we've been raptured. Yes. That's when this takes place. Right. And then that's going to result in total world destruction, that war? No. What will be the results of that so war? So not total world destruction. It's going to be the destruction of the Russian, Iranian, and Turkey armies. And then that's also, when we talked about the birds. The Bible says that the birds of the air will clean up the carnage from that war. Um, that is what that is talking about there for those three countries. The rest of the world is not going to be as, as dr dramatically affected by all this because uh, a lot of those countries are not Christian countries. A lot of those countries don't have very many Christians in them. So the rapture is not going to affect those countries uh, near as much. Okay, so a lot of questions are coming in about what happens after the rapture. So um, we've got here, we've got the rapture, then we've got the seven years of tribulation, and then many questions are coming in about the millennium. So okay. um, what is that going to look like? What happens after the millennium? And then what about these people in this room who haven't lived very much life yet, and you're saying are soon going to be up raptured? Um, so what is their life going to look like in the millennium? Okay, that's a lot of questions. Well, uh, I'm just grouping them in all together <laughs> so you can hit them. So you got to understand that God looks at us. He looks at our spirit. Our spirit is eternal. And so we look at ourselves as a person that's only going to live on this planet at best maybe 70 or 80 years. God doesn't look at us like that. And so even though we may think, oh, you know, I'm young, I still, I want to go to prom first before the rapture comes. I want to get married first. I want to do, you know, I want to have kids first before we have, uh, uh, before I'm raptured. And so sometimes people will be a little bit like, oh, I don't want Jesus to come back. I have a long life to live. You have eternity to live. And uh, what we get to experience after the rapture, the seven-year wedding party is going to be pretty awesome. Okay, that's going to be incredible having a party in heaven for seven years. But then the millennium uh, for us is a thousand years of God setting up his kingdom on earth and the, and the earth will be perfect. 
There will be no, there will, there will be no pain. There will be no sorrow. The, the Bible talks about, you know, I know a lot of you are animal lovers. The lion will lay with the lamb. You'll be able to go out and just hang out with any animal you want. Go take a nap on a tiger. You know, that would be really, really fun, right? Really, really nice. So the millennium kingdom uh, on earth is better than anything that we can ever imagine or hope for. And it's going to be something that's going to be awesome. And within that period of time, it's not like we age because our spirit is eternal. Um, and it, we're not going to have any pain. We're not like, I'm going to be able to do that ledge up on lunch loops. And I'm not going to, you know, if I, file, if I fall, I won't hurt myself. <laughs> but no more pain. I, I like to try to describe it as the, take the most surreal moment of your life, magnify it times eternity. And that's what you're going to experience in the millennium. Um, I don't even want to really tackle what, uh, trying to understand what the new Jerusalem is going to look like and the new heaven. Uh, just understand that anything from here on for Christians is going to be heaven for us. Okay, good. So then the next question is going to be up in heaven when we're up there. So we're only going to be in heaven technically for seven years, and that's the heaven that's up the, there. The current heaven. The current heaven. Yes. Because there's, so there's a current heaven, which is where you go to now if you know Jesus and you die. There will be a future heaven that is created after the thousand years on earth. Okay, so this heaven has not been created yet. The current heaven is where, we'll, where we will go during the tribulation, and that's where all of our family and all those that believe in Jesus already are. We'll be able to see them at the party. And then uh, after that seven-year period, then we will all come to heaven on earth during the millennium. So if we all are raptured, we are going to have exactly seven years up in the current heaven. Yes. Okay. Yes. So then during... And understand, too, that time is different in heaven. It's mm -hmm. not going to be like, come on, is this party ever going to get over? <laughs> seven <laughs> years, man. We've been partying for seven years. I'm ready for this. It's not going to be like that. It's going to... Time is going to fly by, and it is going to be something that you're going to enjoy so much. It's like one of those parties that you go to now, which you guys shouldn't be going to parties, by the way, but... <laughs> If, if you're if you're at, if you're at an event and you're really having a good time um, and you don't want it to end, you don't want that time to end. That's the way this is going to be too. It's not going to be like you're going to Uncle Carl and Aunt Sheila's wedding and it's like, oh no, we have to. What are we going to do the whole time? Okay, it's not going to be like that. Okay. I don't know who Uncle Carl I don't know. I don't know who they are, yeah, but they yeah. don't sound very fun. No, they are not fun. No. Okay. So when, okay, if we all get raptured, we spend seven years up there, what will our age be? How will it be shown? And like I said, because we're spirit, our spirit is eternal, there's not going to really be age like what it is here. Age here is all about our earthly bodies, and these wear out on earth. They don't. Our heavenly bodies don't wear out. Okay, so we, it's not age won't necessarily be a factor. No, it's not going to be a factor. What you're saying. Okay, um, who do you think is the Antichrist? Okay. <laughs> I, I have at least four people asking that question, okay? So I think it's either Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. Agreed. Sure. Agreed. Of those two, so... <laughs> Do you really, should I really answer that? I'm, four people have asked it. <laughs> okay, so if you listen to week one of Signs, we do a lot, I do an hour, over an hour teaching on what the kingdom is that the Antichrist will come from. There's 
15 to 20 different uh, uh, prophecies that point to the fact that the Antichrist kingdom will be the Vatican. It'll be Vatican City. Um, and I, I mean, I'd have to teach an hour right now for you to, to, to get wh why scholars believe that. So the Vatican City will be the, the, the kingdom that the Antichrist will come from. Many scholars believe that it will be the Pope that will be the Antichrist. He fulfills tons of the prophecies to be able to do that. Not necessarily Pope Francis, but whoever the next Pope is uh, would be the Antichrist. And the reason that they believe that, first of all, is because there's tons of passages of Scripture that do that. But the Vatican and the Roman Catholic Church are already set up as a, as a kingdom. They're a country. They have their own military. They are very rich. I think that they're worth, and they can't even estimate the value of what the, Vat what the Vatican is worth, but it's, it's over $50 billion um, that they have. And that is just an estimate because they have, understand that when the Roman Empire looted the majority of uh, the Middle East, as well as Northern Africa, all the way to Great Britain, when they looted that, they brought it all back to Italy or Rome at the time. And Vatican City is in Rome. The Roman Catholic Church ended up getting the majority of that loot. So when you go to uh, Vatican City, one of the things that people want to see is they want to see the Vatican Museum. That, the Vatican Museum is miles. It's just a back and forth of all you're seeing is priceless artifacts from all over the world that was taken by the Roman Empire. So they can't even value what the Roman, what, what, the, Vatican, what the Vatican is really worth because of how much, uh, how many artifacts and how many precious things that, that they actually own. If you've ever been there, and we were able to go last June or two Junes ago, uh, it's, it's unbelievable the amount of wealth that they have. So they've got the money to be able to do it. They'll have the influence to be able to do it. Because understand, when, this rap, when the rapture happens, the world is going to be looking to someone to go, explain what happened, lead us, show us. Any big catastrophe that ever happens in the world, people always look to a leader to comfort them and to lead them. And so a lot, a lot of scholars believe that that person will be the pope, but this pope is going to be different than anything that we've ever seen in the past because this pope will be about uh, unifying all religions and having one religion. It'll be a one-world government, one-world religion, one-world economy. And it can all happen from Vatican City. Vatican City has its own mint. Vatican City um, um, is behind 60-foot walls. It's very defendable. Um, they can, uh, they, they have their own license plates. They have their own, uh, they can issue their own passports. It's its own country, even though it's about the size of Central Park in New York. Uh, but many people believe that it will that they, the Antichrist will rule from there until he sets up uh, his kingdom from the temple three and a half years into the tribulation. So that's what scholars believe and that's what scripture points to. Tons so of scholars believe that. Tons of scripture points to that. If you listen to session one from signs, you really can't, I mean, it's really hard not to believe it when you see all the scripture that points to that. But I'm not saying Pope Francis is the Antichrist. He doesn't have enough influence, honestly, to, be, to, be, to become that. He doesn't have the charisma 
the Antichrist is going to have great charisma. He's going to have tons of influence. Understand, he's got tons of influence because he's the Pope. But um, not unless something happens really big where uh, Francis comes to the forefront. But I believe that this, the next, the next Pope will be uh, somebody that's younger, um, somebody that will uh, could appear to be the Messiah, because that's what uh, Israel is looking for as the Messiah. And Pope Francis, I think, is gonna, would have a harder time selling that, 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 that he's the Messiah. And so then that pope would not be able to get raptured in the tribulation because he would not truly have right. salvation because he does not yes. believe that Jesus is our Savior, died on the cross, yes. rose again for our sins. Yep. Okay. So is there a way to listen to the signs lessons if they are interested, and how are they able to do so? So we have it, in, and I would recommend this. So we have a digital copy, and we also have a video copy that is in the bookstore. Uh, you get both when you get those, and I would just, I would just buy them is what I would do. Uh, the video, we have old audios of times that I've taught it before, but the, uh, that we have so much uh, visual illustrations and videos that happen within the course that the audio version is just not near as informative as the video version. So they're, they're available in the bookstore. And if you don't know where that is, you can ask any of us pastors and we'll yes. get you the resources. Okay, so what if 2028 comes, and that's the timeline that you kind of set up, is that's when you think the rapture is going to happen within now, in 2028, based off of research and tons and tons of um, stuff from the Bible. So then if 2028 comes and there's still no rapture, does that mean that this is all fake and that none of it is real? What does that mean? That's a very good question. So if 2028 comes and goes and we have not been raptured, uh, that does not mean you throw out all scripture. It does not mean that you throw out all prophecy. What that means is, is that we have misread some prophecy, one of which we pro probably misread was that when David talks in the Psalms that a generation is 70 to 80 years, that, that maybe that was misinterpreted. And maybe we're more at a, a, a you know, not a generation um, but a, a lifespan, a maximum lifespan. So you can, you know, according to Genesis, the maximum lifespan that a person can live is 120 years. So some people have said, no, 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 when it's talking about the generation of Israel, it's talking more about, you know, a 120-year time frame instead of a 70, and 80, 70 to 80-year time frame. But I, I have a hard time believing that. The, the other... The other uh, uh, scripture we would have to have misread somehow is the scripture that says that everyone that is uh, a part of or alive when Israel becomes a nation for the final time will see all these things come to place. So we would have to have misread or misinterpreted those scriptures for Jesus not to come back between now and 2028. So you shouldn't just throw the entire book of the Bible Absolutely out. Absolutely not, because everything else has taken place. Right. The Bible's been 100% accurate. Uh, all the prophecies that it's talked about that is 6,000 years from 6,000 years of history have come true. So I don't believe that they're going to stop coming true now. And so why do you believe that the rapture is happening now? What are, what's pointing to that in the next 
eight years. That's so like there's eight, nine weeks of, of, of lessons that I did over that are an hour long called signs that all are signs of why we believe that we're at the point of rapture. Um, and it is signs in morality, signs in culture, signs in technology, signs in the timeline, signs in astronomy. I mean, it all points to that. And to go into any of that uh, without, I mean, we'd just be scratching the surface. Everything that's happening in the Middle East, everything that's happening with the peace treaties that have happened just recently, where um, uh, United Arab Emirates, as well as the Sudan, um, have made peace treaties with Israel. That's a very, very telltale signs because those are two of the countries that will stand with Israel after the Gog and Magog War. Um, so all these things that are happening in the Middle East are all a part of, of why we believe that we're close. Um, I mean, the, you would really, to answer that question, you would have to listen to the, the entire series because every week is about why we believe we are where we are. So get the signs is what you're if saying. If you want you more should, information, that's the best way to do it. It is very good yes. information. Super interesting. Okay, so still a lot of curiosity about the Antichrist. Um, so now people want to know what Jesus is going to do to him. And the more graphic, the better. <laughs> okay. Well, so at the end of the tribulation, right before, after the battle of Armageddon, the Bible says that Jesus is going to come and he's going to defeat uh, the Antichrist and the false prophet. The false prophet is the one that comes before the Antichrist, um, which we don't need to go into, into that. Um, and that they are going to be defeated and thrown into uh, the pit because understand that the Antichrist is going to be possessed by Lucifer. And so they're almost kind of like one because of the uh, of the fact that he is possessed but that happens I, I I don't know like does he pull his limbs off does he you know body slam him you know I don't I don't think so I think he just banishes him to the current hell okay what is hell now or where those that go that don't believe which is a place that's awful a place of torture a place you don't want to go that's all you can give us <laughs> Come on, a little bit more. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I, I imagine some sort of body slamming yeah. and yeah. arm pulling off, yeah. personally. That's what my Jesus would do. You That's think? what I believe. Okay. okay. Yeah. Could um, be, could be. So there are a few questions since we are talking about hell. Um, what is it like there? Um, do I want to go there? <laughs> Probably not. Well, the last time I checked and I emptied, you know, I opened up the lid, when I looked down, it was pretty bad. I mean, I... Smelt really bad. And so you have the keys and the access to it. That just makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I'm just joking. You know, there is not, there's not like, I can't go into great description about what, what hell is. There's been all kinds of different people that have uh, written about what hell is. Some people have, have claimed that they have died and then have been brought back to life on the operating table or whatever. And they say that they've experienced hell. Um, there was, there was a, two books out that were youth books Gosh, back in the 90s jail, one was on a, a story about uh, somebody that died and went to heaven and somebody that died and went to hell. Do you remember? 30 minutes in hell. Yes. In 90 minutes in heaven. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Did you read those? I don't know it's, that I read them. Like, it's been years yeah. since I've... 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been it's, a long time. It's uh, 23 Minutes in Hell by Bill Wise. Okay. Is what it's called. And if I remember right, and it's like I said, it's been a long time since I read it, that gives a pretty good description. Mm-hmm. So if you want to look into that, you can, I'm sure, grab that book on Amazon. I don't think we have that in the bookstore anymore. But. So then, okay. So if someone has salvation, they are guaranteed one-way ticket to heaven, no matter how much they mess up, as long as they have prayed the prayer of salvation, they're going to go to heaven. Yes. The people who do not, they will not be, they will not go up in the rapture, rapture. but they will then have the seven years opportunity to decide that they do in fact believe in Jesus and still have the opportunity. Yes, during the tribulation. Okay. Yes, they do have that. If they do not, they then take the mark of the beast and then when Jesus defeats the Antichrist, what happens to those people who are still believers, who still refuse to believe in who Jesus is? They go to hell. They go to hell. Yep. Okay. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. (laughs) (laughs) But that's just, that's the entire reason why why we're here. That's why we do what we do. Yes. And that's why we're sharing this information is because we want to try and avoid that as much as possible. And so should we be fearful about all this? What should be our number one takeaway? Not if you're saved. If you're saved, this should be be something you're excited for. It should be something that you look forward to. Uh, We are going to be protected um, and God is going to bless us and take care of us even up until the time of rapture. And uh, we have to understand that it's just our job to make sure we tell as many people about Jesus as we can. And I'm not saying go to school and become a Bible beater and you know turn people off. I'm saying pray that God will uh, uh, give you an opportunity to invite your friends to 4640 or to allow you to talk to them about Jesus. Uh, you know you can't come on too strong when it comes to stuff like that because you'll scare students off. You don't want to do that. So, But allow the Lord to use you as a vessel to tell others about, about Jesus. And you can, and it will come up. You, you, I dare you, I dare you to pray, God, give me an opportunity to tell my friends about Jesus. And he'll do it. And he'll open up the door and you'll know when he does. And then pray, God, give me the words of what to say when you give me that opportunity. Know the season, be ready for it, be hopeful and excited. Yes. It's coming, but also make sure that you guys are sharing your faith. That's so important. So Pastor Tim, would you pray over us and we will end for tonight? Yes, absolutely. God, we love you and thank you so much for the time that we've had together. And Lord, I know that we've covered a lot in the last three times we've been together. And I do pray that you'd bind up an evil evil spirit of fear that would cause us to be fearful of what is coming. And I pray instead, Lord, that you'd give us a spirit of hope And thank you, God, that we do know you. Thank you, Lord, that we have a relationship with you. Thank you, Lord, that we have so much to look forward to and uh, that you have made a place for us. You've talked about that. You talk about that in Scripture. You have a place for us in heaven. And so we thank you for that. I ask that you would guide us and direct us, that you would give us an opportunity to tell others about Jesus. You would give us the words to say when we have that opportunity and that we would be able to see as many people come to know you as possible before that day comes of rapture and we pray these things in jesus name amen amen thanks for listening to the 4640 student center podcast for more information on what's happening in 4640 you can check us out on social media and at our website 4640gj.com service times are tuesday and wednesday nights hope to see you there